Hello, hello, hello. So, um, I hope you guys have had a pretty good week so far, or I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but I hope you have just had a good day. So, um, yeah. I started something new at the beginning of the year. I really want to get into um, memorization of the Bible. Um, So I was like, why not just share that on the podcast? So um, each week I have a different Bible verse I've memorized because I truly believe that we need to hide the word of God in our hearts. So then when we are out and about living everyday life, we have the word within us that we can use to fight against the devil or we can use to share with people we may uh, come across. So last week's Bible verse was Mark 16, 15. And it said, um, then he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Um, it's basically Jesus telling people to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That was last week's Bible verse. And this week's Bible verse is three verses and it's longer and I'm having trouble memorizing it. But I really wanted to memorize it because it's just, it's a good reminder. Because so I'm going to read it for y'all. It's John chapter 10, verses 27 through 29, and it says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So that, those are the verses I'm going to try to be um memorizing this week but i just wanted to share that with you guys and encourage you guys to maybe start up something new and start bible memorization because it's difficult but my thing is if i can memorize the lyrics to like 20 plus songs i can memorize some bible verses this year but um yeah anyway that's not what we're going to be talking about today. We are jumping right back into the book study of Esther, and we are going over chapter 7. Last week was pretty crazy. We went over chapters 5 and 6, and today we're going over chapter 7. And it's a short chapter. It's only like 10 verses, I think. So we're going to read it, read it all the way through, break it down, and yeah, let's get started. Okay, so hopefully you have your Bible. If not, go get it or open it up on your phone. But Esther chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. The king and Haman came to feast with Esther the queen. Once again on the second day while drinking wine, the king asked Esther, Queen Esther, whatever you ask will be given to you. Whatever you seek, even to half the kingdom will be done. Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor in your eyes, your majesty, and if the king is pleased, spare my life. This is my request. And spare my people. This is my desire. For my people and I have been sold to destruction, death, and extermination. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have been silent. Indeed, the trouble wouldn't be worth burdening the king. King Ajawera spoke up and asked Queen Esther, Who is this, and where is the one who would devise such a scheme? Esther answered, The adversary and enemy is this evil Haman. Haman stood terrified before the king and queen. The king arose in an anger and went from where they were drinking wine to the palace garden. Haman remained to beg Queen Esther for his life because he realized the king was planning something terrible for him. Just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. 
the king exclaimed, would he actually violate the queen while I'm in the house? As soon as the statement left the king's mouth, they covered him in space. Harbona, one of the king's eunuchs, said, There was a gallow 75 feet tall at Haman's house that he made for Mordecai, who gave the report that saved the king. The king said, Hang him on it. They hung Haman on the gallows he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's anger subsided. So, like I said, that was just 10 verses and it was pretty quick, but a lot happened in those 10 verses. Um, so let's just start off. So last episode, we went over chapters five and six and, um, in chapter seven, in chapter six, I mean, we left off with Haman being forced to honor and parade Mordecai throughout the entire empire. And that same day, Haman was supposed to hang Mordecai on the same gallows he had built. So it's fair to say that Haman was probably a little upset. He probably was, was mad. He most likely was upset. Um, then the chapter ended with Haman being rushed off to the second banquet that um, Queen Esther had prepared for him and um, the king. So we start off chapter 7 with um, the second banquet um, Queen Esther had prepared for the king and Haman. So this is verses 1 through 2. Verses 1 through 2, we started off with Queen Esther preparing the banquet for the king and Haman. But honestly, it probably wasn't that enjoyable for Haman because he was most likely still upset. He was most likely upset that um, his family said his downfall is certain. He probably was upset that he had to parade Mordecai around the empire and just all this stuff. So let's go to verses three through four. So at this, in verses three through four, it um, tells us and shows us that at the second banquet, Esther was ready to speak up. But more to the point, God was ready for her to speak up. God wanted everything to occur in a certain way. So even though Esther may not have understood why she delayed the conversation the previous day, God knew why. God put um, the request she had for the king on pause so he could make some final adjustments, you know. So finally, the stage was set and Esther was finally ready to present her request to the king. So in verses three through four, we really got to try to hear the passion in Esther's voice when she made her request. When she made her request, she said, King, please spare my life and spare my people. For my people and I have been sold to destruction, death, and extermination. That's what she said. So this for sure wasn't the conversation that the king probably had expected. Um, the first time I read the book of Esther all the way through, my jaw literally dropped at this point because I was like, dang, Esther basically just told the king that she's a Jew and the man who wants to kill all the Jews was sitting at dinner with them. I was like, at this point, him was exposed basically. And I was, I was, I was just really shook and surprised. So let's go on to verses five through six. So in verses five through six, the king demanded, he demanded to know who would have, as the text said, who would devise such an evil scheme or um, in other words, who in the world would plan something like this. And so at this point, Haman was no doubt looking around and panicking because he had been caught. So Esther then told the king it was Haman. She said the adversary and enemy is the evil Haman. 
So right then and there, Haman was exposed. Everybody knew it was Haman who was trying to kill the Jews and um, kill Queen Esther. So, y'all, in an, in an instant, Haman went from being this honorable, honorable guest and being the king's right-hand man to the king's number one enemy. Like, things switched up real quick. Um, the last part of verse 6 even said, Haman stood terrified before the king and queen. It said, Haman stood terrified before the king and queen. Guys, I can only imagine the fear that was going through Haman at this point. Like, I, I just wondered, like, how he was feeling. Because he literally was planning for the assassination of all the Jews, which included the king's wife. And he was sitting right next to the king and his wife. So the king must have been furious. Haman must have been scared for his life. Like, I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. This book, honestly, the whole book of Esther would make a really good movie. Like, you know how sometimes people will come out with, like, different movies? They come out with a movie about Noah that was just messed up. It was terrible. They had rock monsters and... Like people, random people were sleeping together. They were sleeping with the animals. It was it was terrible. But if they actually came up with a movie about the book of Esther that was biblically accurate, it would be so good. They wouldn't even have to add anything extra to it because there's enough drama all up in this book to, uh, to interest people, honestly. But anyway, let's go on to verse 7. So in verse 7, it says that the king got up from the banquet table, the banquet hall in anger. He got up because he was so furious and he went to the palace garden. So he had finally realized that he had been tricked by Haman into allowing the assassination of his wife and her people. The king was mad, guys. He wasn't just a little mad. He was real, real, real mad. So Haman knew that the king was going to be planning something terrible for him out in the palace garden. So the text said that Haman begged the queen for his life. He was begging Esther. He was like, Esther, please save me. He was he was begging Esther for his life. Now in verse um, verse 8, the text went on to say, it said this, Just as the king returned from the palace garden, he saw Haman falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. It said, I'll read it again. Just as the king returned from the palace garden, he saw Haman falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. So, um, in verse uh, in verse 8, the king um, had misunderstood Haman's actions. He was thinking that he was trying to assault the queen. So, in ver- let me read verse 8. It says, just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall... Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. The king exclaimed, would he actually violate the queen while I'm in the house? And so that shows us that the king misunderstood Haman's actions. We know by verse 7 that Haman was begging for his life. He wasn't trying to assault the queen. But that's what the king saw and that's what he thought was going on. And as soon as the king said this, uh, the text said that, his servants covered Haman's face. So this shows us that Haman didn't even have the opportunity to try to explain his actions. The king didn't want to hear any excuses, any explanation. He's like, nope, not it, you're done. And so the text literally says Haman, Haman's face was covered. So let's go on to verse 9. We have verses 9 and 10. So in verse 9, 
it um it tells us that one of the king's eunuchs walked in and basically told the king that there were gallows that Haman had made and that Haman had made these gallows to hang Mordecai on. And right after the king's eunuch said this, the king said, okay, hang him on it. He's like, hang him on it. These gallows that Haman prepared for Mordecai, go hang Haman on these very gallows that he made himself. And I was like, wow. Like, wow. Haman hated Mordecai. He hated them up to the point where he wanted to kill off all of his people. But then Haman ended up getting hung on the exact gallows he had built for his enemy. It's like, dang, that's crazy. But let's go to verse 10. That's the last verse. So um, the outcome of this, I guess you could say, divine intervention was so ironic. Mordecai was honored with the plan that Haman had basically unproposed for himself. And Haman was then hung on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. This really just shows that the power of God's enemies is meaningless and so small. The enemies of God have nothing. And it really just goes to show that when God moves against his enemies, they will most definitely fall. No questions asked. No one can stand against the children of God and stand against God and succeed. And we can see that from the book of Esther. Haman tried to basically kill all the Jews, which are God's people. And even though for a little bit it looked like he was going to succeed, we saw in chapter 7 that he most definitely failed because he was the one who ended up dying. Um, Something I just want to mention really quick. I just see that I have sticky notes all throughout my Bible um, because I write so much when I read. And so I have this sticky note. And so maybe two weeks ago, me and my mom were talking. And I hope what I... I'm about to say will make sense, but all throughout the Bible, you can really see that Satan was trying to destroy the line that would birth Jesus Christ. We know that um, God sent Jesus Christ to come on this earth and to die and to shed his blood for us. So then we will, so then we would be able to have a relationship with him. We can have a relationship with God because of his son, because Jesus Christ came to the earth, shed his blood and died for us. And because of what he did for us, we are able to have eternal life. We're able to have our sins forgiven. We're able to spend eternity in heaven with him if we choose. So all throughout the Bible, you can literally see that Satan was working through people to try to destroy the line that would birth Jesus. So in the book of Esther, we can see that Satan was working through Haman. He was working through Haman to destroy the Jewish line, which is the line that Jesus would come through. And it's obvious that Satan tried it, but he failed. And you can go to different areas of the Bible and see that Satan would keep trying and trying and trying to destroy the line of Jesus, but he, he didn't succeed. I hope this makes sense, but it was just so interesting to me. It really goes to the point I made before. 
The power of God's enemies is meaningless and so small. Satan was trying to destroy the people before Jesus who would, I guess, give birth to him, but Satan failed. And when I found, when I realized that while I was reading, I was like, wow. I was like, that just shows how powerful my God is. Because Satan has tried over and over and over again. He was trying back in the Old Testament to destroy the line of Jesus. He was trying up in the New Testament. And he did not succeed. He never succeeded. And he, will, he won't succeed, period. Like, he, he just can't. And that just, it blew my mind. And I just sat in awe of God. I was like, wow. I was like, wow, that's how amazing my God is. And I, I just keep repeating this over and over again because it's just so interesting to me. Satan tried for centuries, for hundreds and hundreds of years, he kept trying to destroy the family line that would give birth to Jesus, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it and he can't do it and he won't do it. And that just, I just sat there and I'm now just again sitting in awe like, Wow. I serve an amazing God. But that was my spiel. I hope it made sense. It made sense in my head. But um, yeah, guys, this book really goes to show, like I said before, it goes to show that God is always working behind the scenes and that his fingerprints can be found anywhere. But it also shows that God's enemies have no chance against him. They won't win. And that when God moves against his enemies, they will most definitely fall. But that is um, all for chapter 7. Um, make sure to listen next week for chapter 8. It's also interesting. We have, guys, we have three more episodes and then we're done with season 5, which is crazy. But um, yeah. Make sure to listen to chapters 8, 9, and 10 to see how the book of Esther finishes off. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing the listener here. and Thank you for allowing us to go over chapter 7 today. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for sending him to this earth to die for us and to shed his blood so we can then have a relationship, Lord satan tried it he tried it so many different times he tried to stop jesus from being born but it's obvious that he didn't succeed and that just really goes to show how magnificent and how powerful and how amazing you are and i just sit in awe of that lord thank you for sending your son and thank you for just allowing him to die for someone like me lord i am a sinner me and the listener are sinners we are not perfect lord i am a liar Lord, I, I, I sometimes have a jealous heart. I am dishonest. Lord, I have so many sins. I sin all the time, Lord, but you still sent your son to die for me. You still said, you still say you love me. You still, you still thought that I was worth dying for. And it, I can't put into words how thankful I am for that, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sending your son to die for me and for the listener. We definitely do not deserve it. We deserve death. We deserve 
eternity in hell but because of you we get to spend eternity in heaven so thank you for that lord lord so much has been going on this year and it's only january please give myself and the listener a sense of peace please give us the peace that only you can provide we don't need that peace that the world provides because the peace the world provides is only temporary so please lord give us the peace that only you provide and when we are seeking peace please let us remember that we should be seeking you above all because when we try to go and seek out the peace from the world through music through friends through people it it's just temporary and it won't last but when we go to you to find peace it will last because your peace is eternal So while we go through 2021, please allow us to rest in you because it's only in you where we can have eternal rest and peace, Lord. Lord, thank you for everything. I pray for, um, Lord, I pray for the leaders of this country. I don't talk about the leaders in our country that much. I don't talk about politics that much. But Lord, please, please protect the leaders in our country. Because there are some sick, sick, sick people who want to do terrible things to them. Lord, you, you're putting them in place for some reason. I don't know why, but you have a plan. Just how you had a plan in the book of Esther. I know you have a plan here. So please just let your plan play out. And please just protect those who will be going into office this week um, for their entire term. Lord, please allow myself and the listener to stay curious and want to learn more about you every single day. Please allow us to push through and read our Bible and pray even when we don't feel like it. I ask all these things in your son, Jesus' name. Amen.